Yeah, I don't think I'll ever forget that day. I was probably four or five years old, and my family loved to go on fishing vacations to Wisconsin and get out on the lake. Uh, Later on, we would invest in a pontoon and invest a little bit more money to have a bigger boat. But at first, in our humble beginnings of family vacation, we would take the tiny little boat with the tiny little engine on the back with the black smoke blowing out of the engine. Uh, The likelihood of drowning is very high, and we're out in the middle of this huge lake in Wisconsin. And everything looked fine until we looked up and we saw this big stormy cloud. It was me, my dad, my two brothers, my mom were all on this tiny little boat fishing somehow. I don't even know how we did it as I look back. And the rain started falling. The waves started rising. And before we knew it, we were in the middle of a terrifying storm. Dad tried to pull that engine cable to get it started and nothing was happening. We were stuck in a storm and dad pulled and he pulled and he cranked until finally it started up and that black smoke started rising up into the rain-filled sky. And we started making our trek back to the shore, back to safety, but there were a few times where the waves almost overtook us and the French family in our early beginnings was almost wiped out on Lake Wisconsin. But I learned that day that a storm can be one of the most terrifying things you ever encounter in your life, especially when you're in the middle of the water. Today, I want to talk about three types of storms. Maybe you're in the middle of one right now, but just like we made it to shore, God is going to help you get to the other side of your storm. Thanks for joining today. Let's go. country doctor liked to take his dog along with him when visiting his patients. The dog would remain outside while the doctor went in for the house call, and on one occasion, the physician went to the home of a man with a terminal disease who didn't seem to have much time to live. The man confessed to the doctor his his fears about death, and he said, what is it like when you die? The doctor thought for a moment and then got up and opened the front door. His loyal canine friend, who had been waiting patiently on the porch, gleefully bounded in to join his master. The doctor turned to the dying man and said, Do you see this dog? He didn't have any idea what was on this side of that door. He's never been here before. All he knew was that his master was here, and he wanted to be with him. The doctor looked at that dying man and he said, I don't know everything that there is to know about death, and I haven't seen the other side of eternity yet. All I know is that my master is there, and his name is Jesus. If you're listening today, I can't answer every question about what's on the other side of the door. I don't know what storm you might be going through, but I do know that Jesus is there, 
and that's good enough for me. If my master is there, I'll get in the boat, and I'll row into the storm if I have to, if that's where God wants me to be. And I feel today that I'm inevitably talking to people, uh, as you listen right now, that are going through some type of a storm. And you may feel like the disciples being tossed on the sea, screaming, Master, we perish, we're going to die. But Jesus rose up from his sleep, and the Bible tells us that he spoke to the storm. And the Bible says that he rebuked the wind and the raging waters. And all it took was one word from the Master to calm the storm. I don't claim to understand the storm you're facing right now. I'm extremely blessed. But anybody worth their salt has been through a storm. Anybody who's lived for God long enough and been faithful is going to face a trial. And I want to tell you that if you hold on, God is about to speak. If you'll keep trusting God, He is about to speak into your situation. And I don't know how long the storm will last, But I know Jesus is there, and that's enough for me. But don't take my word for it. Let's look at three different kinds of storms. This is what we're talking about today. In Scripture, you can find different types of storms. As a matter of fact, there are many different accounts of different storms that took place in the Word of God. And when you study and you begin to narrow them down, you'll find that there are at least three different types of storms in the Word of God. Look with me. Let's start with number one. Uh, and if, if, if you're one of those people that listen at home, uh, grab a pen and, and write these points down. If you're driving in the car, just make a mental note and type it into your phone when you get to work. Whatever you need to do. But let's make a mental note here because I think this is going to help somebody. Number one uh, is a storm of correction. My friends, you cannot run from God. No matter how far you run, you cannot outrun Jesus Christ. Once you know him, it burns in your heart. You can never truly forget him. You may try to run and and make every effort you can to forget about God, but the human heart longs for him. You know what? who you look like when you run from God? You look like this guy in the Bible named Jonah. Sometimes God will use a storm of correction to help us see that we're running in the wrong direction. We find this illustrated in the story of Jonah, which is just a funny side note here. Uh, My wife and I's son, his name is Judah, and a lot of people call him Jonah by accident, which we always think is kind of hilarious. Anyways, okay, back to it. Jonah had clear instructions from God. Go to Nineveh and preach, Jonah 1 and 2. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and cry against it, 
for their wickedness has come up before me. Jonah didn't feel that the people of Nineveh deserved a second chance. And so the Bible says that he went down to Joppa and he headed to Tarshish. <laughs> he literally was running. If you look at the map, I like to I like to use this illustration in my youth class. If you look at the map, uh, he's literally going the opposite way of where God wanted him to go geographically. And when you when you get out of the will of God, it's like you become a part of that map. You just start going the exact opposite way. It's like any way but God's will is the opposite way. Whew, that'll preach right there. If you're out of God's will, it's like running in the other way, no matter how small it is. And so he's running in the opposite direction that God wanted him to go. Uh, Jonah 1 and 4, let me read it for you. But the Lord sent out a great wind into the sea. That's the storm, okay? So there's a storm happening, and there was a mighty tempest in the sea so that the ship was like to be broken. So this is like one of those crazy storms, like one of those YouTube videos where the carnival cruise ship, the piano's sliding everywhere, people are falling all over the place, one of those crazy kind of, like one of those storms that you see on YouTube that makes you never want to go on a cruise again, that kind of storm. And the Bible goes on to tell us that the men of that ship decided to cast Jonah overboard because they knew he was running from God. Isn't it funny that uh, even the world knew that he was running from God? They, even the world could recognize the problem. And Jonah couldn't see the problem. Let me help somebody here for just a moment. When you begin to backslide, when you begin to run from God, the world notices, okay? It's not just the church that begins to notice that, that you're running from God. It's not just the church that's looking and saying something's off. The, the world can see it. And they're extremely confused by it. And so it says in Jonah 1.17, it says they recognize that, hey, this guy's running from God. We need to get him off the boat right away. They're like, I don't even know anything about God, but I know that this guy is in trouble with God and I want him off the boat. And so Jonah 1.17, now the Lord had prepared a great fish to swallow up Jonah, and Jonah was in the belly of the fish three days and three nights. Now, I need to pause here because this is where people get tripped up. This is where people get a little off with it. Is that notice that it didn't say the devil sent a great fish. It said the Lord prepared a great fish. See, sometimes when we're in a storm, we're so quick to blame the devil that the devil's trying to kill us. The devil's trying to destroy us. And sometimes God sent that storm. And he's in control of that storm. He's been in control the entire time. He's never going to lose control. But God sent it because we got off track. He says the Lord prepared a great fish. And the fish 
was not a tactic of the enemy to destroy Jonah. The fish was prepared by God to save Jonah. Sometimes we give Satan credit for something that he has nothing to do with. Sometimes God is trying to save us. Think about it for just a minute. Maybe you've never thought about this. And I know you've seen the VeggieTales version of Jonah. I love it too. But I was watching the VeggieTales version of Jonah with my son. And I thought to myself, as he's uh, in the belly of the whale, that that fish is actually the only thing keeping him alive. That It's protecting him from the elements. It's protecting him from drowning in the middle of the storm, in the middle of the ocean. And so sometimes we take uh, provision like a curse, like God's cursing us, like God's against us. God was not against Jonah. When, when he sent the storm, he also sent the fish. The fish was uh, what feels like it might be consuming us is actually preserving us. Man. Okay, so this was a setup by God to get Jonah back on the right track. Now, I've come to tell you that it doesn't matter how far you've run from God, you cannot outrun his love. You cannot outrun his mercy. And on the other side of the storm, there is a 2.0 version of you. On the other side of the storm is a calling from God. The second type of storm are storms of protection. That's right. I said it. Storms of protection. You might want to take a sip of coffee because we're going to get into it here. Sometimes God will use a storm to protect us. In the gospel account of Matthew chapter 14, we read the infamous story of Jesus feeding the 5,000 with five loaves of bread and two fish. And directly after this miracle, you can see that Jesus urgently commands his disciples to get into a ship, which we now know would lead them into a storm. Matthew fourteen twenty two, and straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. I want you to take note of that. Matthew 14, 22, highlight the word straightway. This could be translated as frantically, quickly. He's distressed saying, I need you to get in this, this boat. I need you to do what, I'm, what I tell you to do. I can't answer your questions right now. I just need you to get into the boat and I need you to go on the other side and I'll meet you over there. You just got to trust me. Okay, and so the Bible goes on to tell us that after the disciples get into this boat and now they're out in the midst of that water, that, that there's this terrible storm. We all know the story. Jesus walked on the water to them and we love to talk about Peter. He walked on the water to Jesus. When they stepped back onto the ship, the storm ceased. In the Gospel of John's account, though, and this is what's fascinating, we see a detail 
that is not mentioned in Matthew regarding the feeding of the 5,000. Because John tells us that Jesus perceived something after that great miracle. You can see something in the book of John that explains why they used the word straightway. Uh, you can start to put the puzzle pieces together and see why Jesus is so urgently telling them to get into the boat. John 6.15, when Jesus therefore perceived that they would come and take him by force to make him a king, he departed again into a mountain himself alone. This was why. This is the answer. Why was he so urgent in his request to get disciples in the water? Because Jesus knew that the crowd wanted to take him by force to make him a king. But you must understand, Jesus did not come to the world to sit on an earthly throne. He came to die on a rugged cross. He was able to escape their attempts to make him an earthly king. Yet in the midst of this, in the midst of all the chaos, Jesus' number one concern was his disciples. Because he knew the disciples wouldn't know how to handle this situation. They knew, he knew that they wouldn't know what to do. So he said, get in the boat, get to the other side. I'm going to take care of this. Wow. The storm they found themselves in the midst of was actually a form of protection. Ladies and gentlemen, if God wants you in the ship, the ship is the safest place to be. I'd rather be in a storm with Jesus that led me into eternity and protection than on a throne with the world that only leads to the temporal and destruction. Hey, I'd rather jump in a paddle boat with Jesus than a cruise ship with Satan. I'll be fine as long as my master is there because the storm is only temporary, but God's got something permanent waiting for me on the other side. The third type of storm, last but not least, are storms of provision. Genesis 50 and 20, But as for you, you thought evil against me, but God meant it unto good to bring to pass as it is this day to save much people alive. Guys, sometimes the world is just a mean place. The devil hates the children of God. And he loves to put us through the wind and the waves. But God will use the storm that was intended for evil against us and use it as a means of provision for us. Now remember in point one that not everything is a storm from the enemy. But that doesn't mean that the enemy doesn't send storms. Paul was just a prisoner sailing on a ship to Italy. A great storm came against that vessel, and the devil wanted to use this storm to kill Paul because Paul had a calling on his life. But instead, God used Paul to save everyone on the ship. 
Isn't it just like the Lord? Acts 27, 22, And now I exhort you to be of good cheer, for there shall be no loss of any man's life among you but of the ship. For there stood by me this night the angel of God, whose I am and whom I serve, saying, Fear not, Paul. Thou must be brought before Caesar, and lo, God hath given thee all of them that sail with thee. The Bible tells us that 276 people lived instead of died that day because Paul decided, I may be in a storm, but I'm not going to die in this storm. I want to tell somebody that you're not going to die in your storm. You're going to make it. You're going to make it to the other side. Why couldn't Paul die there? Why? Because the angel said, you must be brought before Caesar. You can't die yet, Paul. I've got something I need you to do on the other side of this storm. And the devil has been telling some of you that you're going to die in the midst of your storm. But I want to rebuke the enemy in Jesus' name and tell you, you can't die now. Because there's another side to this story. There's another side to this storm that God has called you to. There's dreams that God has given you that have not come to pass yet. There's a reason that Joseph couldn't die in that pit. Because he had dreams. God had given him dreams that hadn't come to pass yet. God won't send you to your demise when he has something for you to do. You can't die right now. Hold on. And, and just tell the enemy, I can't die here. God promised me I would live because there's an angel that's speaking the promises of God to you. Luke 8:22 Now it came to pass on a certain day that he went into a ship with his disciples and he said unto them Let us go over to the other side. And so scripture tells us that the storm fell. The disciples are panicking and they look over and Jesus is taking a nap. But Jesus just arose calmly kept his composure and he spoke to the wind and immediately they ceased. Hear me now. If you haven't heard anything I've said, hear me now. The flesh of God was sleeping, but God's spirit never sleeps. He was in control the whole time. It's the nature of God's spirit from the beginning of time movement. Genesis 1 and 2. Right from the beginning, it says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. Jesus slept, but his Spirit was moving and at work for them. And so it is for us here, listening to this podcast today, you feel as though God is sleeping in the middle of your storm. You've even contemplated if he's forgotten about you. But his spirit is moving on your behalf. You can't see him working in the flesh right now. Maybe it looks like he's taking a nap. 
in the middle of the boat in the middle of an even bigger storm. And it makes you fear that this might be it. Maybe this is it for me. But God is working for you in the Spirit right now. What you can't see Him do in the flesh, He will make up for in the Spirit realm. If God isn't losing sleep over the storm, then neither should you. He said, let's go to the other side, and that's exactly where he planned on them going. See, what those disciples forgot about in the midst of their panic was that at the shore, before they ever paddled out into that storm, Jesus said, I'll see you on the other side. They couldn't have died in that storm because God had already told them, I'll be waiting for you on the other side. I've got miracles waiting for you on that shore. I've got a future right on the other side of these waves. And that is how God can bring us through. Guys, if you're listening today, maybe you're on top of a mountaintop and you just can't imagine dealing with a storm. I'm excited for you and I rejoice with you that you're in a season of blessing. But for those of you that are listening right now and you woke up today, you got dressed, you ate breakfast and you got in your car and as you sat in the driver's seat and started up the engine, you thought to yourself, I just don't know how I'm going to make it another day. I want you to know that you're going to make it and I want to remind you that God has not forgotten about you and he loves you so much. Today we just talked about three types of storms. And maybe you feel like one of these three types of storms doesn't relate to you. But no matter what you're going through, God is there. God is with us. And he will never leave us. And though it feels like maybe he's sleeping in the midst of your trial, trust me, when the flesh of God is asleep... The Spirit of God is still moving on your behalf. Guys, I love you. I thank you for tuning in today. This episode is brought to you by Anchor FM, the podcast hosting company. And I want to thank them for sponsoring this episode. But none of it would matter if it wasn't for you guys, the listener. Don't forget the Battle Cry Tour is coming up on May 20th. And we will also see you at North American Youth Congress. Camp season is coming up, and it's going to be an exciting summer. We're almost there. It's going to be great. Keep your head up. God's got it under control. I love you guys. We'll see you next week on the Noteworthy Podcast. God bless. God bless.